WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now, that time, 819, you're tuned to WGNS on this Tuesday morning, today, April the 12th. And with us in studio this morning, Gordon Ferguson. And uh, Gordon, you guys are celebrating, I say you guys, Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford, celebrating 95 years of history right here in Rutherford County, right? That's right, Scott. It's uh, hard to believe that our hospital was started back in 1927, uh, May 2nd to be uh, specific, and uh, many may remember the kind of the colonial building that uh, sat on University Street uh, between Bell and Lytle, and that was the site of the original hospital that uh, actually got started through a grant from the Commonwealth Fund of New York. And uh, it's just amazing the, the history that um, we have available to us of the different accounts of how the hospital got started and who were some of the, the key players. And then obviously there were some pioneering physicians who uh, played a key role in getting the hospital started. And if I'm not mistaken, the old health department, which I believe is still standing kind of close to or uh, across from the new judicial building in downtown Murfreesboro and close to the new health department location, but that old health department building, that structure, the look of it is pretty much what the old first hospital first looked like. In fact, I think those two buildings were designed by the same architect and everything. That's my understanding. And it's it's interesting when you read back, uh, there was an individual, Maude Ferguson, no, no relative of mine, but Maude was a nurse who saw the need for uh, providing very basic primary care, uh, particularly to kids. And it was her um, passion uh, to take advantage of uh, the Commonwealth Fund's desire to do a, a children's health demonstration project. Uh, I believe Murfreesboro was one of 40 different uh, cities or towns that were vying for this designation. And uh, through Maud Ferguson, and then Simeon Christie, uh, they were successful in getting that uh, demonstration project up and going. And it really was to uh, bring awareness to the importance of basic uh, sanitation, health hygiene, uh, with particular emphasis on our, uh, our children. And so that was successful. Uh, we were successful in, in achieving that. And then that led to discussions with the uh, New York Commonwealth Fund of uh, providing funding to build the first hospital. 
And uh, in our book that we put together when the hospital moved uh, called A Time to Build Up, uh, it's written there where there's different copies of letters between the Commonwealth Fund and local uh, businessmen and physicians uh, requesting that that money be uh, given to to build a, the new hospital. So it's just very fascinating to me to to know that um, while we've got a beautiful facility on Medical Center Parkway, uh, our beginnings go back to that uh, property on University Street that is now owned by MTSU, but served our community well up until uh, 2010. You know, it had a lot of years at that old location in downtown Murfreesboro with, you know, the start of that very first entrance that kind of resembled a, a house. And I think a lot of very old hospitals in the 1900s, I think back then they were designed to kind of look like a house because mm-hmm. that was that welcoming feeling that made you feel safe when you first got there. Correct. Um, a couple of things uh, to kind of go along with that that point is that right at the very front door of the hospital above the door was a a pediment that read for the welfare of mankind and that was taken really um, from the Commonwealth Fund of New York as what their general uh, purpose is and uh, there was also a request the original building was I think about $162,000 to build and there was a request by somebody that uh, the building have two screened-in porches at the end uh, of of the building and there are many renderings that we see of the hospital with that that screened-in porch being there cost a little bit more money to do that but that was one of the requests of uh, one of the individuals involved in the the design kind of neat again gordon ferguson with us this morning he is the president and ceo of st thomas rutherford and uh, now of course the new hospital coming from the old hospital there is uh, just massive change in the appearance of today's hospital in fact today's hospitals around the country versus hospitals of the past uh, but that old hospital that served rutherford county for so long there were so many memories made there uh, I, I mean with kids being born both of my kids were born at the old hospital location there's so many people who do still have those memories and, and for kids who were born there when their parents drive past that empty lot now it, it's hard to imagine that that used to be a sprawling medical center a sprawling hospital where surgeries took place because you would never know it that's correct i think there was between 13 and 15 acres at that site and as i mentioned earlier the the building opened um on may 2nd uh there's an account that uh there was a big celebration on that day and a few minutes after 11 a.m dr ernest elliott uh, opened the program with prayer and he was then the uh, minister at central christian church and there were guests there from the commonwealth fund of, of new york um, the gift uh, was accepted uh, by a local businessman simeon christie uh, who also served as the chairman of the administrative uh, board of the hospital and that day was actually dedicated to him and it was called sim christie day but it wasn't until 
uh, May 22nd, uh, the first baby was born at the hospital, um, delivered, uh, um, the mother was Mary Alice Robinson Richmond, uh, who some of us know Marcy Richmond in our community, and that was uh, Marcy's uh, mother. And um, I just think it's fascinating how uh, in the very first days, I think 50% of the patients came from Murfreesboro, but uh, there were also patients that were treated from Woodbury, Lynchburg, and Manchester, and one patient uh, came all the way from Jasper, Alabama. And these wow. were some of the very first patients that we still got an account of and how much their hospital bill, bill was at that time. You know, back then, like let's say when we look back to the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, that hospital, even though it wasn't huge way back in the 30s and 40s, it was one of the only real hospitals, I guess, within... A 45-minute drive, you know, other than the Nashville area. So you had folks coming in from all over Middle Tennessee on this side of Nashville. So you did serve a lot of people. Right. And, you know, it was not too long before the hospital opened that the main way people received health care was from uh, physicians who would actually come to their home. Uh, and sometimes would do surgery on the kitchen table. Wow. And so there was really, at that point, not a need for uh, a hospital, but as the population began to grow and as the medical profession advanced, uh, it was through the hard work and dedication of some of these individuals that that really um, paid off and set the, 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 the bar pretty high for health care in our community and of course medicine and technology have come such a long way so much has been learned since that first hospital opened and I'm sure there's so many stories you can tell from years past where today a doctor would look at that and say I cannot believe we did things this way right uh, but it's so interesting and fascinating to go back into history and and to look at how things used to be Yes, and when we show pictures of the original hospital, we always make mention that up until the day that we moved to the new campus, uh, October 2nd, uh, 2010, we were still caring for patients in that very original, the original building of the hospital. Um, not as many as in the uh, areas that we added on over the years, but still on the second floor, uh, patients were, were being cared for. And I remember in years past when the decision was made, all right, we're going to move forward with, with tearing down this old location, you didn't have a lot of options because it was divided into lots of little bitty rooms, which were patient rooms back then. There wasn't a lot that could be done as far as renovating the building to be used for something else. And in 1998, uh, around the time that I joined the hospital, there was a plan already in motion to add another floor to what we refer to as the D building, which uh, ran parallel with Highland Avenue. And um, the idea was to uh, add another floor to that building. Actually, I think it might have been the C building, but uh, there was plans to add another floor to that building 
and then go to the existing floors and convert uh, two rooms into one room because the rooms were just so small. Uh, it was good that they were private rooms and not semi-private, but still, after that investment uh, would have been made, it would have just yielded very few additional beds. And when you think about that location, you've got the cemetery on one side, uh, MTSU toward uh, the north or the east, and then also the historical district um, right along Lytle Street. So it was going to be very difficult, uh, even though we built a parking garage over there and we built a new medical office building, it was not going to be a site that would allow us to expand and grow to where we are today. And I, I know there's a lot of uh, emotion around the fact that we uh, ended up demolishing the building. Uh, we did try to market it, and there just wasn't a lot of interest for uh, a building that was really four different buildings connected together over time, and the use was, was going to be somewhat limited. And, and for anybody who had been there as a patient, it had grown so much over the years, it really did become a maze of hallways to navigate. And for a patient who, who's already not feeling well, that was tough. That's right. There weren't too many days that would go by that one of uh, our leaders wouldn't be stopped and ask, tell me how I can get to this room or this area. Uh, it certainly served us well over the years. And I, I think of contributions that uh, were made there uh, by physicians who are no longer with us, such as Dr. Matt Murphy, uh, Dr. William Shacklett, Dr. Eugene Odom, Dr. Carl Adams, uh, S.J. Garrison and Jim Garrison and Fred, Dr. Fred Lovelace, Dr. Tommy Johns, the list could go on. Uh, but these physicians really helped create uh, what is now, uh, I believe, a very advanced medical community in our city. And again, we're just grateful to those that have come before us and uh, for the facilities that we had for uh, so many years uh, back at the the Highland Avenue University Street site. Again with us this morning, Ascision St. Thomas Rutherford President and CEO Gordon Ferguson and the hospital celebrating 95 years of history here in our community. At what point did the hospital in downtown Murfreesboro that is no longer there, what point did that become Middle Tennessee Medical Center? That um, occurred in I believe it was 1982. Uh, some people think that, that the name was changed in 1986 when we uh, became uh, part of uh, Baptist Hospital and St. Thomas West, uh, but it was actually under Mr. James Arnhart's leadership that um, he arrived as the administrator in 1958 and served in that role faithfully until 1984. But uh, it was 1982 that, given the expansion of the facilities that uh, Mr. Arnhart was responsible for, uh, they felt that this hospital had now become a medical center. And so the name was changed to Middle Tennessee Medical Center. Uh, many of us uh, lovingly refer it to MTMC. Hey, I remember, and I, if I'm not mistaken on this, one of the last big renovations at 
the old Middle Tennessee Medical Center was the labor and delivery floor. And one of the concentrations was making sure that those who were there pregnant to give birth of a child were as, as comfortable as they possibly could be. And so that was totally renovated and, and I think added on to as well. But it, it, it kind of changed from that point on. And I guess all hospitals at, at that era were looking at labor and delivery and how they served newborn mothers because I remember a lot of hospitals changed their labor and delivery floors about that same time frame. Yes, uh, there's several different models for that particular service. The one that we have used back at the old campus and still use it today is where new moms coming in, uh, they're in one room for their laboring and their delivery and then they're moved to a separate unit, same floor, uh, on the postpartum area for the few number of days that they, that they stay in the hospital. But uh, given that um, we're in a very competitive environment, we, we felt it was important for us to provide new moms and, and significant others just a, a comfortable, area for them to go through that laboring process and the rooms are much larger to accommodate uh, friends and grandparents that come in uh, right after the birth and then uh, the patients are moved over to the postpartum area but you're exactly right I think even back at the old facility we expanded that area I believe two or three times uh, just because we needed more space for the increased number of deliveries that we were doing. And, and that period of life for young adults, whenever they're having that first baby, it, it's, a, it's a tough transaction. So making them feel kind of like they're at home it, and more comfortable, it really does help out, I think, in a lot of ways, especially for the patient because it lets them feel more relaxed. And I, I think that helps out the doctor and providing the care that he needs to provide. Right. And we're we're very blessed to have the number of obstetricians in our community and our staff in this area. When we do our patient satisfaction surveys, uh, I would say nine times out of ten, uh, the third floor just receives outstanding feedback for the, the compassionate care that our that is delivered by our uh, labor and delivery nurses and our physicians. And the new hospital, the labor and delivery floor there, and, and in fact, all the services there, um, they're so high tech compared to years past. And, and the way you provide care is so different compared to years past. Correct. We um, are fortunate enough to, to have state-of-the-art equipment there. We're very pleased with the care that's provided in our neonatal intensive care unit for those babies that maybe were delivered prematurely and aren't quite ready to go home and uh, through some funding from our foundation uh, we were able to uh, purchase uh, NICU view cameras so uh, just about at any time uh, a new mom or dad can look at their baby in the NICU from home just get on a secure website and um, they can monitor their their baby and not feel they have to be there just all the time in the NICU. At what point or what era in history did things have to become 
so much more secure. I, I mean, not only with labor and delivery and, and making sure that people couldn't walk in and, and steal a newborn because you heard stories like that on the news, but at what point did things change to that degree where there was more security? You know, that's a great question. Um, I, I, I think when it comes to the security of patient information, that occurred as we moved from uh, less paper into the digital world where all of the patient's medical information while they're in the hospital and, and most often in their uh, physician's office has gone to an electronic medical record. And you're, you're concerned there by individuals that might hack into that site and, and we may lose the protection of that confidential information. In terms of the physical security, uh, I know even back at the old hospital, we uh, were very focused on making sure that we had camera uh, surveillance and other measures that uh, we would um, have in place to protect that from happening. I sometimes tell people my worst fear in a, a hospital is either a baby that's taken in, inappropriately from the hospital or a fire. <laughs> And uh, fortunately at uh, St. Thomas Rutherford, uh, all of our babies are banded. So if they get too close to an elevator or to a stairwell door, uh, there's an alarm that sounds and then these doors are automatically locked, including the elevators. So it's pretty uh, extensive what we've, what we've done as we should be. Again with us this morning, Gordon Ferguson, talking about 95 years of history for the local hospital. And we'll talk more about that and some of the growth in just a second. We're going to pause to take another look at the weather forecast and the traffic. And then we'll be right back. Time right now, 840. You're listening to WGNS on this Tuesday morning. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Mostly cloudy skies this afternoon, a high into the upper 70s. Then for tonight, a chance for some showers and storms here late, cloudy and alone near 63. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. Good morning. Still give yourself extra time. 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area as you head towards Nashville. Several wrecks, of course, going on right now over in Davidson County. A lot of more eastbound, of course, westbound is always tricky this time of the morning. Passing Bell Road, Hickory Hollow Parkway. Allow yourself extra time. The weather not helping, that's for sure. Hey, PensacolaBeach.com's got everything you need to book your next getaway. Check it out, PensacolaBeach.com. I'm Commander Chuck, your on-time traffic. 
Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 8.42, Gordon Ferguson in studio with us this morning with Ascision St. Thomas Rutherford and President and CEO of the hospital. When you first moved to the uh, the Gateway area on Medical Center Parkway, St. Thomas was kind of a leader in setting the design, if you would, for that whole area, the Gateway Overlay District. Um, and a lot of the elements that went into the structure of, of your building, the, the outside of it, the facade, the, the landscaping, all of it, you kind of set the tone because you're one of the first big buildings to locate in that new gateway area. That's correct. It, it was quite a, an experience going through the acquisition of the property. Uh, the late Matt Murphy was the uh, legal counsel for the hospital, uh, also served as one of our board members, and uh, worked closely with Roger Haley, Rob Lyons, in terms of um, what we wanted to achieve, given that it was the gateway into the community, and that one of the contingencies for the hospital buying the property was that there would be uh, easier access to I-24, and so when we bought the land, uh, it was a, a requirement that uh, the city would assist with the infrastructure of that road getting to the hospital and that the state would commit to putting in an interchange at I-24, which we now know as Medical Center Parkway. Uh, but we also worked closely with our architects to make sure that the hospital that we were designing uh, not only looked very nice from the outside but from the inside there was just a lot of attention given to uh, the flow of patients within the hospital uh, the use of a lot of windows to bring natural light into the facility uh, to build a, a lobby that was welcoming and really different from your uh, hospital lobbies that were built maybe back in the 50s and and 60s and so uh, it was a little bit of a, a cost premium to have some of the uh, exterior components that were going to be required by the, the Gateway uh, Overlay District. Uh, signage was a big uh, issue. We had to, had to make sure our signage was um, done well and professionally, and that our landscaping was such that um, there was pretty strict landscaping requirements. All of these things, though, I think have uh, done very well for us. It's interesting when we have visitors, uh, as we have this week coming in from uh, Ascension, uh, they can't believe that our hospital is now just over 11 years old. And we still do refer to, refer to it as the new hospital. I'm not sure how long that will continue, but uh, we, we were blessed to have been given the capital to build the facility and uh, as stewards of that resource we need to make sure that we're doing all we can to make sure that it's taken care of from a physical 
perspective. Not too many years ago, that new hospital on Medical Center Parkway, some of the floors were not being used, but that, I guess for the most part, has changed. You have added on since that time period. How many floors do you currently have, and are all of them now in use? Um, all of them except uh, the eighth floor, uh, at least the west side of the eighth floor. Uh, our last expansion included the addition of uh, five, excuse me, six west, seven west, and now eight west. Uh, so we added 72 beds uh, a few, few years ago, and then we were fortunate enough to have shelled in the eighth floor, which is now under construction and will accommodate another 36 beds. And so if you see the crane toward the back of the hospital, that's uh, taking supplies uh, up to the eighth floor where we've removed one of the windows and they're using that as an access point. And we're hoping to have that project complete by the end of this year. And then there's a lot of work that has not started yet that will be taking place at the rear of the hospital where we'll be expanding our ambulance bay uh, adjacent to our ER and then on the second floor we'll be adding additional critical care beds and then shelling in the third floor for future expansion of our postpartum unit and then a project that we are working closely with our architects uh, currently is the design and future construction of a parking garage um, it seems like back at the old hospital parking was an issue and it's become an issue at the new facility where we've actually have to have a lot of our associates park around the ring road, which it was not designed for that function. And then we've also got a temporary parking lot out toward uh, Thompson Lane. Anytime you're in a county that is growing as fast as Rutherford County is, you're gonna run into uh, problems with things like parking and problems with uh, things like being able to have enough hospital beds available. And those are things that in a sense are positive because it shows we are growing but at the same time it, it does scare people a little bit you know are we going to have enough hospital space in the future you know over the past two years our uh, facilities capacity has been uh, stressed uh, uh, with the uh, various variants of the covid pandemic and um I know at one time we had, uh, I think we peaked at 147 patients uh, who were in our hospital dealing with some symptoms of, of COVID. It could have been a mild case or it could have been a really severe case. Uh, but just last Saturday uh, was the first time since COVID uh, came about that we had zero COVID patients uh, in the hospital, and just to clarify, that's co positive active COVID patients. We still have two patients in our hospital today that are experiencing symptoms of uh, COVID, but they're no longer testing positive. And so that's been a huge relief to our staff, um, just given the number of, of patients that we've seen come through there that uh, some certainly uh, were cared for and, and went home, uh, but others we know just didn't uh, make make it through, and it, it has been very stressful to our our staff. 
Most in our generation in today's time period, COVID was really the first big flare-up of uh, of just a a massive problem, medically speaking. I, I mean, I don't know if you could compare it to I don't know, yellow fever or smallpox or, or, you know, in years past, it'd be hard to compare it to something, but it was the first mass problem, uh, medically speaking, I think, that a lot of people in, in this era ever experienced. And that means the nurses and the doctors, it was their first time to experience something like this. So there was a lot of newness, a lot of, you know, what, what do we do next that did happen all across yeah. the country? Yeah, you know, we've we have dealt with pandemics in the past. In fact, you know, going back to that that health demonstration project, a lot of that was to address uh, issues such as TB and, and smallpox. But certainly in in today's environment, uh, COVID did push us to uh, think of how we do things differently. Uh, our staff certainly had to make sure that they were using all the protective gear. Uh, we started the social distancing. Uh, we had to limit visitation. Um, there were just a lot of things that, um, no matter what kind of either administrative training you've had or medical training, uh, we were up against some things that we had not um, dealt with before. But I'm extremely proud of our staff for the way that they have uh, coped with the situation uh, and most grateful to this community for the different uh, churches and restaurants and community groups that stepped up to do uh, small and big things just to show appreciation uh, to our healthcare workers. Again, Gordon Ferguson with us this morning with Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford. And uh, Gordon is the president and CEO of the hospital celebrating 95 years of history. And with COVID, I know one of the hardest things, both for the caretakers, the nurses, the doctors, and the families, when it came to COVID was telling a family, you know, this is what stage of COVID your loved one is in, and this is what's probably going to happen next. And, and your, you know, the doctors were able to say that based on other patients they had seen. And I think it was really hard for families out there to kind of understand the process that this is how it's going to impact the lungs and this you know because their family member may have gone in being able to speak just fine seemingly okay for the most part other than what appeared to be a flu but the doctors knew you know this is what was going to happen next and it 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 wasn't going to be good but but it's hard i think for those out there who are not in the medical field to understand the different things and the different aspects of COVID. Yes, and I think one of the most difficult things was just our need to limit visitation so that you couldn't have a loved one there spending the night and being being with that person. And so we deployed some technology through our iPads. We have provided some patients that may not have had their own laptop computers the ability to do that, but it was just so difficult uh, dealing with the unknown and unfortunately COVID uh, is something that just doesn't go away quickly and it takes your body uh, a good amount of time to to fight the virus and uh, we've learned a lot uh, about some of the side effects and again 
Um, I know it, it may not be the most popular thing to advocate, but uh, we are true believers in the effectiveness of the, the vaccination. And uh, I think we are, are now seeing the benefits of that. And particularly toward the end of when we were seeing higher numbers uh, in our COVID population, those individuals had not been vaccinated. So um, I will uh, not apologize for, for being a, a staunch supporter of the vaccination. I've had mine, I've had my booster, and I'm planning on getting my second booster in due course. But uh, yeah, it's just been a very stressful situation both for those that are dealing with COVID and those that um, are working within the healthcare environment. We only have a couple of minutes left, but we've been talking about the 95-year history of the local hospital here in Rutherford County, which is now on Medical Center Parkway, where the hospital has been now for, you said, about, what, 10 years? How many years? Yeah, we just had our 11th anniversary last October. Okay, so 11 years at the new location prior to that overall a 95-year history serving Rutherford County right. uh, and the growth continues and there is a new location that is in that process of being built uh, which is near Interstate 840 in Veterans Parkway. Tell us a little bit about that this morning. That facility Scott is our West Lawn neighborhood hospital. It's actually a satellite facility of our main hospital on Medical Center Parkway uh, when complete, it will have eight uh, emergency room treatment uh, rooms as well as eight inpatient beds. It will have uh, lab uh, resources there as well as uh, diagnostic imaging. Uh, it will not uh, have any surgical uh, rooms there, and we will not be delivering babies there. Uh, on the second floor of the facility will be uh, primary care physician offices, and we're hoping to have some of our specialists rotate through that site. Uh, when you drive by there today, you may not see much more than the, the, the dirt is being moved. We're putting in some of the uh, very basic infrastructure there. Uh, it is located adjacent to the uh, Tennessee Orthopedic Alliance uh, building and then uh, the Murfreesboro Medical Clinic uh, actually will be having their groundbreaking ceremony this Thursday for uh, a satellite of MMC. So we've really been able to create a small medical campus there that will have um, a lot of services that are needed uh, in that area which as, as you know is got a very high high growth. And I can imagine a lot of people who live in the Triune, Arrington, College Grove area, Eagleville, they will come to that hospital because it will be easily accessible from that direction coming into Murfreesboro. So that's going to be a, a, another area of growth, no doubt. Now, another thing that we talked about, I, I guess, almost a year ago at this point, was the specialty in treating those with heart problems and a new floor dedicated to that at the Medical Center Parkway location. Yes, uh, in addition to a lot of other things we've got going on, we've been focusing on the development of an open heart surgery program. Uh, we received certificate of need approval from for this program from the state, and uh, we have begun some training uh, for our staff, and then we are 
in the process of recruiting two cardiovascular surgeons that would be a part of Ascension St. Thomas Heart uh, that would be instrumental in getting this program initiated. And again, we've, we've got a very strong cardiology program. Uh, we do a good number of interventional procedures in our cath lab. Uh, we've got a very strong uh, cardiac rehab program. But when you think of the number of individuals who are leaving Rutherford County to go to mostly Davidson County, and those that are down I-24, uh, we feel that service is a needed uh, uh, program that uh, will allow us to provide that surgical intervention here. While we only have about a minute left, do you foresee this new program where open heart surgery can be performed for the very first time in Rutherford County? Do you see that actually happening and opening within this year of 2022, or are we looking at 23? We're actually looking at the first part of 2023. That was our our schedule. When you think about the amount of equipment that we're needing to acquire, and, and primarily the physician component, but we are very hopeful that we will, in that first quarter of 2023, be able to get the program up and running. Again, with us this morning, Gordon Ferguson, President and CEO of Ascision St. Thomas Rutherford right here in Murfreesboro on Medical Center Parkway, celebrating 95 years of history. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Time right now, 8.59. We're coming up to the 9 o'clock hour. Coming up next, local news. And then we'll take a look at CBS News around the country and around the world. 